Hey everyone, I'm Nate Vinio, and this is Something to Gnaw On, a short podcast for the person with a short amount of time designed to give you something to mentally and spiritually chew on throughout your day. A parable-style devotional in bite-sized form. And occasionally, it may look a little more like my journal. This episode is When Your Escape Route is a Treadmill. Wolves have a beautiful appearance. It's almost majestic. But make no mistake about it. They're an incredibly smart and vicious predator. I've witnessed a few wolves in the wild, even been stalked by one. While there's very little history of attacks from wolves towards humans, I was a bit unnerved. And those are the times you know about. And those are the times you're glad you're carrying the 357 and fishing from the middle of the North Fork of the Blackfoot River. While I've never witnessed an actual wolf attack against its usual prey, I have a good friend who has. Larry Larson has been a professional outfitter and guide in the Bob Marshall Wilderness for nearly 40 years. He's witnessed things in the Bob that are best described as incredible. His campfire stories run the gamut of funny to startling to miraculous to the absolutely unique. The only thing better than the story is Larry's delivery. I don't know a better storyteller, or an outfitter for that matter. Larry shared the wolf incident with me in 2006 on a horseback trip into the Bob. Several years prior, while working as a guide for WTR Outfitters, he had taken a couple of hunters into the South Fork of the Flathead River. It was a late season hunt and the snow was deep. They approached a meadow known to hold elk. From an elevated and distant perch, they observed a small herd of elk and a pack of wolves. Fifteen elk, nine wolves. The wolves were calculated and organized. The young wolves drove the elk herd from behind. The stronger and faster wolves stayed to the flank on the right side. They kept turning the elk herd to the left. Eventually, the wolves had run the elk in a circle, effectively trampling a long circular path in the snow. The trampled snow allowed for the elk to run faster, but it created an obvious treadmill effect. Exertion, action, motion, with no improvement of the situation. And the trampled snow made it easier on the wolves as well. The wolves ran the elk for about seven to eight minutes straight, at which point in time something shifted. As if a silent audible had been called, two of the wolves broke from the flank formation and lunged directly into the herd. The elk scattered. Most of the elk kept running within the trampled area, but one spike bull, also a cow and a calf, jumped outside the trampled snow and made a run for the hills. Within seconds, the calf was taken down. The bawling calf pulls on Mama's heartstrings. Mom stops and looks back at her calf. Almost instantly, she's taken down by another set of wolves. Now the spike outran the wolves in the deep snow, but stopped on a knoll overlooking the meadow to look back on the carnage. Maybe he was tired. Maybe he was just curious. Maybe he thought he was safe. Regardless of his motives, he went down also. The wolves ran the elk for about eight minutes straight, exhausting them. And within two minutes of the final attack... They take down three elk. Side note, to set this episode in context, this episode is adapted 
from the last chapter of a book I wrote called Wrecked and Restored, which is basically a testimonial of our broken marriage and how God restored our mess. Back to the script. If ever there was a good analogy for our first seven years of marriage, it was this. We ran in circles, rehashing the same old relational garbage with stubborn repetition. For all the effort we put into trying to make things work, we weren't getting anywhere. It was just exhausting. It was demoralizing. An infection set in from the constant wounding, and soon the infected relationship took a thoroughly stupid turn. The time came when we broke ranks and tried to break away in separation, and that didn't work out too good either. In a natural and secular world, this is where the marriage should have ended. But it's also where a miracle-working God steps in and plies his trade. We were separated for nearly two years, and this is where the similarities between the elk and our marriage come to an end. The calf got into the deep snow and was instantly taken down. He started bawling as the wolves began tearing through his hide, one at his neck searching for arteries with his fangs, the other ripping violently at his belly. His cry doesn't translate to words, but it conveys the distress and torture of an animal that knows it will be dead shortly. The wolves don't wait for the calf to die. They just subdue, immobilize, and eat. Actual death is eventual, but it's not a prerequisite to feast. It's an absolute horrifying moment. The moment between being subdued by the wolf and dying. Those moments while your life is being devoured and destroyed, and you are immobilized with a front row seat to your own death. There is no rescue for this calf. The cynic says, the circle of life continues. Or, another one bites the dust. But Psalm 107 highlights a much different response from our Heavenly Father when we cry for help. This isn't about a perfect prayer formula. It's about crying out for a miracle. In the Hebrew, this term cried out is akin to shriek, emotional expression of desperation, or a last call for help. The actual words are almost secondary to the desperation with which the crier bellows. Reflect on this excerpt from Psalm 107, 13. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. That phrase, by the way, in Psalm 107 here is expressed three different times in a very poetic fashion, but it's emphasized three different times. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. Verse 14, he brought them out of darkness the utter darkness, and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind, for he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. He sent out his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. God's plan for a broken marriage is restoration. Whether couples have wandered apart, verses 4 and 5, whether one spouse has been rebellious and despised God's rule, verse 11, or whether you've lived with the consequences of sin for years, verse 17. God stands ready to pounce when we cry out to him. He's ready to save, ready to restore. Verse 2, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. 
those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. This is our story, a marriage wrecked and restored. May he honor his word in your life as well. And that is the end of the chapter in the book, Wrecked and Restored. I want to add a few additional thoughts in today's episode. I don't know where you are at today. Frankly, I don't know if you're listening in the morning or the evening. I don't know if you're in the U.S. or in Morocco. But wherever you are, you're in one of three camps. Either you're living in victory, having been redeemed from some sort of mess. And to you, I would say, tell your story. Let the redeemed tell their story. Encourage those around you. Or you're in one of two other stages of the attack. Maybe you're being stalked or run to the point of exhaustion. Or maybe you're neck deep under the attack, and the only white you see is the snow and the white fangs of a pack of wolves. To you, I would say, immediately cry out to the Lord. Pull the car over safely if you have to. Turn the podcast off for now and cry out to the Lord. It's okay to shriek or to cry out in exhaustion or desperation. And ladies, it's okay if your makeup runs. And men, it's okay if your masculine bravado is compromised and you have to turn in your man card for a bit. Don't worry about formulas of prayer or lengthy prayers. Just spit it out. Cry out. Vomit it out if you have to, but get it out. Quit holding it back. I love how the Bible captures the moment with Peter and Jesus. You remember when Jesus comes walking on the water and Peter jumps out of the boat and walks to Jesus? Then things go sideways. Quote, But when he saw the strong winds and waves, he was terrified and began to sink. His prayer is this, Save me, Lord. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. That's in Matthew 14, verses 29 to 31. Today, I would just ask you to ponder which camp you're in right now. If God has set you free from anything, shout it from the mountaintops and encourage your brothers and sisters in the faith and even those who haven't given their lives to Jesus yet. The world needs to hear your story. They need to hear what Jesus has done in your life and how he set you free. They need to hear what God has done for you personally. If you're being run to the point of exhaustion by a packed schedule or the issues of life, be on your guard. Beware if you're on a treadmill, not an escape path, if you're working hard but getting nowhere. Cry out and ask God to help you break the cycle, to pull the plug on the treadmill, if you will. Cry out to Him. If you're under direct attack, I encourage you to cry out like Peter did. Lord, save me. Lord, save me. And inasmuch as it depends on you, do all you can to get into the Word and to let the Word get into you. Get into church and get around other believers on a regular basis. Think about it for a minute. It's not the elk at the center of the herd that gets picked off. It's the one that tries to go it alone. Cry out to the Lord. He will find you. He will rescue you. Lastly, I would add a practical and sober word for those with broken marriages and relationships. I once heard Pastor Robert Morris from Gateway Church make the comment that he'd never seen a divorce or a broken relationship, for that matter, where at least one of the people 
wasn't selfish and stubborn, and I would add prideful as well. But when people are broken, humbled, healed, set free, and restored, the restoration or the creation of a healthy marriage can happen. The reality is, however, that we can only submit ourselves to the process and trust the Holy Spirit to work on our spouses. We can cry out for both, but we can only control our relationship with God, not our spouses. There are choices our spouses must make on their own, and sadly, some never make, and it's an absolutely tragic thing. And the ripple effect will last the rest of our lives. And I'll be blunt and state that as a result of the stubborn, selfish pride, those marriages may not make it. It's not God's plan, yet at the same time, we reap what we sow. Also, other people reap what we sow. Or conversely, we reap what other people sow as well, especially in marriage. But that doesn't mean God can't or won't heal or restore the individual. He does. The question is, will each of us submit to the promise? Never forget his promise in Isaiah 61. And keep in mind that Isaiah 61 is the passage that Jesus quotes in Luke 4 when he delivers his first sermon. Here are a few verses that are often overlooked. God sent me to comfort all who mourn, to care for the needs of all who mourn in Zion, give them bouquets of roses instead of ashes, messages of joy instead of news of doom, a praising heart instead of a languid spirit. They'll re- this is awesome. They'll rebuild on old ruins, raise a new city out of wreckage. They'll start over on ruined cities, take the rubble left behind and make it new. Because you got a double dose of trouble and more than your share of contempt, your inheritance in the land will be doubled and your joy will go on forever. That's in the message. So the prayer today is twofold. God, have your way with my spouse and have your way with me. Take ownership of your junk. Pray what I call the David prayer from Psalm 139. Search me and know me and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of the everlasting. God always answers that prayer. Be ready for it. I'm Nate Vinio, and this has been Something to Gnaw On. You can find the podcast on Facebook by simply searching Something to Gnaw On. That's where I post links, supplemental material, and notifications of new episodes, which drop on most Fridays. Additionally, while the podcast is posted on most platforms, the show notes are available at somethingtognawon.buzzsprout.com, Something to Gnaw On. .buzzsprout.com. The show notes will have a transcript and all the scripture references in their fuller context in case you want to do some quick study after the episode is over. And lastly, please share the podcast. Help me get this message out to those who could use a spiritual shot in the arm. I think we'd all be amazed at who on our friends list might need to hear this as well. Thank you for your time, your prayers, and your support. God bless.